You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. and welcome to another episode of The Food Code. Today, we're really excited. We are joined by another amazing nutrition coach in the space, um, Miss Jamie Morocco. Um, And so we are going to be talking today all things lifestyle transformation, sustainable fat loss, and the importance of investing in yourself and hiring a coach, what it means to work with a coach, and how transformative, that's the word I'm looking for, Um, how transformative it can be, not only just in your life um, for your nutrition, but also um, for self-development, your mindset, your emotion, your relationship with food. Um, And if you are in the business space, hiring a business coach, uh, we were just talking offline how important that is um, as well. So welcome, Jamie. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. So um, if you wouldn't mind, just introduce yourself to our listeners um, and share a little bit about your story and your journey, which I've read a lot about and it's so amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, I am um, obviously a weight loss and nutrition coach and trainer. I live in Boston. Um, and I call myself a, uh, recovered Silicon Valley, uh, techie because I, a few years ago I quit my life there and wanted to start this business, which really is my passion, but fitness and nutrition never really came so easily for me. So, um, I was overweight, uh, for the first 18 years of my life. And it really did affect like my mental attitude. I was like a C student in school. Like I attracted relationships that I was trying to seek my self-worth in because I didn't feel like confident or worthy. Um, and I had, I always tried to lose weight. Like I was this 16 year old girl trying weight watchers and like slim fast and trying to like hide it from my parents, you know, <laughs> like trying to really figure it out. And I couldn't, I, you know, and I was also eating really unhealthy to be honest. Cause I just didn't know. And I think there was all so much misinformation. I mean, I'm a child of mostly the eighties and, and early nineties, like we're not eating fat. We're eating a bunch of, you know, snack well cookies all the time. Right. <laughs> um, and I actually ended up having to have gallbladder surgery at 18, just from like, you know, genetic predisposition, but mostly, uh, an unhealthy diet. So, you know, again, like I kind of went about my, uh, young, young adult, uh, childhood slash very young adult life, just feeling super uncomfortable, carrying all this extra weight, being unhealthy, but didn't know how to fix it. And then something happened to me, like when I moved to college, you know, I'll never forget, like I was going to college in downtown Boston. I was so excited for like city life and just to like, you know, have fun and be 18 and do all the college things. And I'll never forget my dad looked at me and he was like, 
I just want you to know that if you keep getting C's, like I'm going to sell your car and you're going to move home and like go to like a state's community college because I'm not dealing with this. Right. Um, and that really, and the reason that I think that's important is because I realized in that moment I had to do something about the way I was feeling physically because I knew that was translating into how I was showing up academically. So I really made a decision. I was like, okay, Jamie, like, like this is a new chance. Like you only know a few people at this school. You can reinvent yourself. You can do whatever. So uh, something just came over me within the first week. I started going to the gym. I started researching nutrition. I didn't do a specific plan. I just learned about calories and consumed everything. Like all my college notebooks would have like calorie additions on the side. (laughs) Um, And I just started researching and implementing. And then over the course of, you know, several years, I lost over 50 pounds and I became a straight A student immediately when I went to college. So it was just like amazing to me because losing that weight really did like impact how I felt about myself and how I showed up. And I literally showed up as a different person. So that's kind of like my story. Um, and then, you know, I kind of went the other way. Like I kind of got too thin for a little while and then I got into resistance training. So I feel like I really have been on all ends of the spectrum. Um, and you know, I, I know what it's like to be in different areas. So that's kind of my story and how I, how I came to fall in love with fitness and nutrition. I love it. So that decision that you made and you started researching, you know, how did you kind of deal with the mental side of all of that? Um, you know, going, you're in a new place, you are kind of reinventing yourself. Um, you're going to the gym now, which is, sounds like it was a new routine at that point in time. And that we know just from past diet history or the way that we were raised, you know, as kids, there's subconscious things that always kind of show up. Were there any things that you kind of felt that you battled or started to realize on that journey? Um, and then when you mentioned that it, it occurred over the course of a few years, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. Cause I think so many people look at tabloids fads and they're like, man, I'm not losing two pounds a week. This isn't working. Forget it you know, it does take time and there are blimps in the road and there are things that come up mentally and emotionally. So can you kind of dive into that piece too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of like the one decision, um, you know, and if anything was coming up for me, the way I looked at it is like, now I have, I literally told myself that I've changed my identity and now reading books, like, I don't know if you guys read atomic habits. Yeah. So like changing your identity is such like a huge part of becoming a new person. And I literally looking back, I'm like, that's exactly the shit I did. Like I was like, you are a new woman. And, you know, for, in some weird way, I don't even want to call it weird, but for lack of better words, like I, I feel like I was. I was getting so much gratification out of like putting in hard work and then like seeing the reward of that hard work. Um, you know, this was really my first time ever losing weight, quite honestly. So for the most part, it did happen quite steadily, you know, which is not usually what we see with people, of course. Um, but when it's typically your very first time and you're holding a lot of water and inflammation, like I was, I was seeing like a relatively steady drop. It wasn't every week, you know what I mean? And I remember, cause I would track my weight every day and I'd put it like, so I could chart. I've always been obsessed with data and it definitely wasn't every week, but you know, so I guess, yes, there were blips in the road. There were plateaus here and there, but I just knew like, if I kept at it, 
you know, I, I would just get there. So I was like, so committed to like what that end game was going to look like that regardless of like a little plateau here or there, I knew that it would still happen. And I think like, I just developed that sense of conviction, um, internally. And that is really what helped carried me through. Yeah. Is there anything, you know, you mentioned like going to the gym and doing the calorie work. Um, were there any like habits that you really tried to focus on as kind of like, you know, the basic foundational habits? Was it mainly just exercise and diet? Like, did you look at all at sleep or like, you know, were you water? Like, I know that how you preach, how we preach, like the foundational habits of healthy weight loss, um, and making sure that like that is there first. Um, but was there anything else that you were doing that you like noticed was making a difference or anything like that? I mean, to be honest, I think I just had age on my side being 18, you know, (laughs) back eight drinks a night, four nights a week. Like I wish I would have done it in a healthier way. (laughs) Now I'm like, wait, I had so much fun partying. Like, I know, right? I didn't, you know, and I didn't even pay attention to macros. I was eating literally like golden bunches, honey bunches of oats in the morning. And then I would eat like crackers and peanut butter for lunch. And then I would eat like Subway for dinner or like Taco Bell. It's so insane how the first time weight loss happens so easily. Yeah. I remember the first time I lost weight too. Like I remember I, it happened very easily. Like I just made some changes. I started working out differently and the weight came off. Like, and I think that's the hard thing. A lot of people go through is like, you know, the having the patience when it doesn't happen that way, you know, and how that can happen as well. Cause I, you know, you mentioned that you had to go the opposite direction to them. Um, and reverse. And I know that's a much slower process usually, um, to like find that health. Can you walk us through a little bit that in terms of like the, you know, the difference, the difference between the two, I guess, you know, and what, what it felt like for you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I just don't want to paint, um, and picture that is like, Oh, it was all perfect and rosy because what started to happen maybe after the first year is like my initial, I had hit my initial goal and I was like, well, let's try another five pounds. Let's try another five. Let's try another five until I got down to like a hundred pounds. And I was like, and I'm five, four, you know, and I'll, and my, my family and friends were like, Whoa. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, but I, but I was so mentally tied to a certain number on the scale and it was so hard for me to separate from that. So, you know, that also led, and, you know, I never was severely calorie restricting, but I was probably eating like 15, 1600 calories a day, but I was also running five miles a day. So I did that for some time. And what that led to was binging and then feeling like shit you know, and then trying to make up for it. You know, that didn't happen early in the journey, but the body can only take so much. Right. Mm -hmm. So that started happening in my later years in college. And I felt like I was now a slave to this body that I had created because I was so emotionally tied to the attention that I was getting. I'm like, let's get real. I was only getting attention because I felt more confident. Mm -hmm. Like it had nothing to do with like my weight. I just felt better. Right. So but I was so, mo- I was so nervous to lose that. Cause in high school, I never had that sort of attention. So it was like, that was my identity. So that was really hard. Um, and what ended up happening, because if you don't change shit, oh, the universe will teach you. Right. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So what ended up happening is I got sciatica and I couldn't run. And for somebody who was running every single day, five miles, cause that's what I thought I needed to do to maintain 
this level of thinness, whatever, that was like, whoa, that was a huge wake up call to me. I felt really at war with my body. I was really upset. Obviously looking back, it was a huge blessing. And then I got into, um, you know, weight training. I met Ben Bruno, who um, maybe you guys know, but he used to be a trainer in Boston. Now he's out in LA uh, training Chelsea Handler and all the celebrities and everything. But he got me into, he was like, you need to start lifting heavy if you want to be healthy. And if you know, you want to be stronger and he's the one that helped get me like sort of into that. And that's when I also became a trainer as well. So I love that. So many people that we talk to just think cardio, cardio, cardio. Um, I was absolutely the slave. I I was, I like, I resonated so much with that because I was in a different way. Like I competed in CrossFit at a pretty high level. And so like my body reflected that. And I thought that my worth was like tied to being that athlete. And when my, when I got injured, I got an Achilles, I ruptured my Achilles in a competition and, you know, my body, I was, we wanted to have kids that time. And it was like, after the, my, had my baby, like, I was like, I need to get back to that. Like, I have to get back to that. Cause that was what was made me worthy. Like being that person, having that body. And mm-hmm. I've realized along this journey since then, like, that was not at all. Like I, right. <laughs> at all. Like I was so unhappy then I was, and like for you, like you were confident in that body. Like I had confidence, but I was miserable. Like I, I was starving myself. I was working out way too much. And, um, it's crazy how like we tie what we think we have to be to our happiness. It's like, so crazy, you know, a hard journey, but yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, I think it speaks to a lot of people. I think a lot of people feel that way. They feel like they have to get back to a certain place that they were at one point or they're never going to be happy. Yeah. And it's so much more than that. Yeah, totally. One, one of my favorite quotes and something I tell my clients all the time, this is by the psychologist, Carl Rogers. It's like the curious paradox is when I love and accept myself as I am, then I can change. Like every time I've been at war with myself and my body, it's like fighting an uphill battle. And my weight loss journey started out out of love. I want to do this for myself because I love myself. And then it didn't. Then it was at war. Mm-hmm. Anytime I've ever been at war, shit does not move in any direction, whether no. whatever, weight, gut health, anything. Um, but it's like when I just can ease into it and be in a state of non-resistance and like go with the flow and surrender, like that's when shit really changes. So Um, so yeah, so much like surrendering to the journey and to your body, I feel like is so important. Yeah. And I think it's also pivoting, right. And listening and having patience and understanding that, you know, you mentioned like if the universe is against you or not on your side or your body is against you and not on your side, it's going to do what it needs to do. And we talk about this all the time with, you know, many women come to us very, you know, adapted. They're in a place where they've tried everything. Maybe they're doing more cardio. They've cut their calories super low and they're gaining weight or, you know, their sleep suffers, their digestion suffers. And it's like, we have to get to a place where we can heal and restore, you know, the body, the hormones, gut health, most importantly, um, so that we can almost earn the right to be able to cut the weight and fat loss. And a lot of that I think comes from, you know, again, as we talked about in the beginning, that's either preconceived notions or fad diets, things that we tried when we were 18 that worked and then they don't work now. Right. And so I think part of this too, is in the journey having a coach and having someone to guide you and help you understand 
why are these things happening? Why is your body, you know, essentially fighting against you and how do we pivot from here? So I know, uh, just looking at, you know, some of the things that in the content that you've shared, very similar to what we share and what we talk about is, you know, having these kind of seasons of dieting and intentional fat loss phases and also intentional refeed phases or maintenance phases. And, you know, one of the things I absolutely love because I'm a cupcake girl is you talk a lot about enjoying things in moderation. And so I'd love for you to just kind of give like your um, story of where that came from for you, even as a coach now, how you utilize that with clients. Because I know for me, you hit the, hail, uh, the nail on the head earlier you restricted, you did all the things you thought you needed to do, but then you binged, or then you had that kind of off the ledge moment. So how did this kind of moderation start to occur? And then how do you use that in coaching with your clients now? Yeah. So I think like first and foremost, it's important for people to understand that we can set out with the best intentions, but the body has physiological, you know, designs to keep us, you know, in a state of non- deprivation, right? And what will happen, especially because I was under eating calories. Now I was eating pizza and cupcakes. Like I said, I wasn't kind of, I never kind of did the only clean eating things. I definitely did calorie restriction. What happened is because I was so under fueled, I would have these binge episodes and yes, are there mental and emotional components to binging? Absolutely. I, I believe this. However, I believe that we don't give the physiological component enough credit and we blame ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So what would happen is my body was so hungry that I would go into like almost a primal state of like eating and I would not feel satiated. I swear until I probably had a good five or 6,000 calories. And I would be like, oh my God, now I'm all, I'm so full. And the more I learned and got into, you know, the research and looking at studies and stuff, I was like, oh shit, this is actually like, yes, there's mental, emotional stuff that needs healing and I'll do that. However, there's a really big physiological component that I've ignored. So I think that sometimes, like I said, people are so quick to blame ourselves. So if anyone's listening and they feel like they're binging and restricting, like, you know, your body is trying to keep you, you know, alive and happy and well, like it's not always just a fight in your mind. Like there are these processes in place. Um, and then in terms of like why I literally force my clients to eat dirty food or bad food, like floating, <laughs> I think that's like, we call know. it fun food, but yeah, exactly. Fun food treats. That, that's a much yeah. better terminology. Um, is because when I reached, you know, and I've had many places where I felt good with my weight. You know, I really have worked on just feeling good at any, any size because I've gone through hormone issues, all the things. Anyways, I said, well, I want to be able to maintain my weight, but I also really love traveling. And when I travel, I like to eat 3000 calories a day and I like to eat croissants in France and I like to eat pizza in Italy. So like, how the hell am I going to make this all work? So I just literally was like, oh, this is how it'll work. Like if we model, if we be a little more active when we travel, if we walk a few more steps, if we kind of like do this and do that. And that's how I started to like experiment with myself. And then ultimately like write it into my programs. It really just started out because I selfishly just wanted to go on all my vacations and eat my foods and feel good and not come home five pounds heavier 
or feeling on my vacation, like it was a binge and restrict situation as it was when I was in college, whenever I'd go away, I would have days, you know, where I'd be traveling and I would overeat and I would spend the whole vacation feeling horrible about myself. And I was like, we're not doing that anymore. That's canceled. So how do we like figure out a different way? Yeah. I love that. I think that that's, and I think like when you can conquer vacations, it's like you've conquered it all, man. (laughs) When you can conquer going on a vacation, not hating yourself, coming home on the plane, like I, you know, I told I on my honeymoon, I was in like the worst of it. Like I, I think I gained like eight or nine pounds on my honeymoon. I felt awful. Like I was way too skinny going into it, obviously wedding. Um, but now on vacations, it's like I used to hate vacations. I used to fear them. I used to like have anxiety around them because I couldn't control everything. I couldn't control all my food. I knew I was going to overconsume because it was like a temptation situation. And yeah. then it's being able to finally know how to eat enough so that your body doesn't have these, like, like you said, it's for anyone that binges knows it's a primal response. Like yeah. you literally feel like you are some animal, like shoveling food into your mouth that you can't control. You don't feel anything. You don't hear anything. Like you black out and yeah. it, it's, it's a scary thing to kind of go through. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. Like it is our body's response that is trying to keep us alive. And unfortunately in today's world, binging has become much easier to overconsume. And you know, when the, the body created this initial response, it was when we had like fruits and berries that we were trying to find when scavenging yeah. for. Like yeah. now you got McDonald's on the corner that you can walk to when you need to binge and you can consume 7,000 calories pretty easily. Like it's made it much easier to have negative right. responses, but the physiological thing is still there. Like it's still prehistoric in nature, but it's causing us to do these things because we're restricting so much. So, but I love that you, you know, look at vacations in that way and look at life in that way. Like you can make this work. You can be healthy. You can enjoy these things. You should eat a croissant in France. You should eat pizza in Italy. Like these things should be things that you should do and not have anxiety around. Um, you know, just how do you make it the best case scenario? Move a little bit more, drink some more water, you know, not don't step on the scale the minute you get home. Like, you know, it's, it's all of these things that I think, you know, don't seem easy in nature, but they are very simple. Totally. And I think like to, you know, the point earlier about having a coach, like what I've noticed with women and maybe you guys notice this too, is it's like, it seems that there's been this huge disconnect around trust and food. So, so much of the work that I do with clients is like reestablishing like their sense of self-trust with like, whether it's a quote unquote trigger food or, you know, a food that they binge on or food they don't trust themselves around, like reestablishing that sense of trust, right? And when you can start to work on reestablishing that trust along with feeding yourself enough so that you're not like feeling like, oh my God, I need all the food right now. I mean, you cannot freaking lose. Like literally you can't because, you know, it's like, I think what happens is that trust breaks down over time because we've had binging episodes or we've had episodes where we've overeaten and we're like, Oh, I can't be around that. I can't go on vacation. And like, it's a sad way to live. And I know it because I've lived it and I was miserable, you know? So. Yeah. And I think I love that you talk about trust there because what I always talk with women about is it's not the scale weight that you're actually chasing. 
you are chasing feeling confident and happy and healthy in your skin. And you first have to build trust with yourself because if you can't trust yourself, you're never going to build the confidence. I mean, it just, it just doesn't happen. You've got to build that uh, trust and, you know, kind of almost challenge yourself. And it's a double-edged sword, right? Sometimes we're pushing clients to, Hey, a win for you might eat, be eating the cupcake. It might be having that slice of pizza. Yeah. And for someone else might be only having one cupcake or only having a slice of pizza. And so I think, you know, also with what you talked about earlier, travel lifestyle, there has to be this foundation. And we have we've always talked um, to clients about, you've got to have a rock solid foundation. You can't build your house upon sand. And I think the same thing applies with your daily habits and your non-negotiables. And so, you know, for us, it's, it's very much about balance and prioritizing yourself first. So both of us have little ones. We're wives. We were running a business. We have a lot of shit to do in the day, but Mm -hmm. My, I come first. I come first before my husband. I come first before my child, before my priority list. I have to, because if I don't, I don't show up as the best version of me. I'm not as productive. I'm not as patient. And so, you know, I'd love for you kind of to talk a little bit about your non-negotiables um, because they've all heard our non-negotiables, right? But, you know, the way that I see you portraying the information is very similar to us and that you do show up for yourself every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I think that my non-negotiables now, and, and hopefully this inspires people who are listening, have not always been my non-negotiables. I had to walk that river of change, which is so fucking hard because it's got a strong ass current that's trying to knock you off. And I had to make it my non-negotiables um, because my non-negotiables before were, I eat McDonald's three times a week, right? Uh, yeah. And like that was just a non-negotiable. That shit was gonna happen. But now it's like, okay, like when I always get 10,000 steps a day. And if I don't, I will make sure that that week averages out to 10,000. Yep. Um, I always get my four lifts in a week. I always, you know, like if I'm tracking my macros, which I don't always do if I'm in maintenance, but I always keep some sort of maybe like internal log of like, okay, like I kind of had this for dinner. I had this, like I'm keeping things in check. And if it happens where I overeat one day, do I go into self-punishment? No, I'm just naturally less hungry the next day. Right. Mm -hmm. So my non-negotiables are definitely like the steps, um, the workouts, and then like keeping, like, I would say like, when, especially when I'm in maintenance mode, like a, like a log of checks and balances that kind of add up over the week. I'm not like neurotic about everything. Um, and I always have to have dessert every night. So yeah, that's huh? non-negotiable. <laughs> what is your favorite yeah, dessert? What are your desserts? Oh, I've really been loving those enlightened ice cream bars lately or the so delicious ones. Um, or I'll do like an ice cream bowl situation or I'll do like a Lily's chocolate bar, like something like that, or smart sweets and Lily's chocolate, like the gummy and chocolate situation is kind of like that. Um, just things like that, but I always have to like end my night with a sweet, like it just always has to happen. (laughs) I went through a long period where I was like, I'm having ice cream every night. And it was like a good four to six months. And then I was like, I don't really want it every night anymore. And then I want to fit. Now I'm in a phase where like, I don't really have to have it. I think it's just like, what works for you in that season of life? There's no right or wrong. Um, it's just, is it working for you? You know, like, are you happy? It's so funny. Cause it reminds me, and I don't know if either one of you went through this, but growing up, 
Um, so I grew up in the nineties and it was like changing the, the soda was like the thing, like, what was the flavor that you were liking at that point in time? Was it Mountain Dew? Was it, you know, Diet Dr. Pepper or was it, you know, root beer or whatever? Huh? Remember Surge? Surge. Oh my gosh. I do remember Surge. Yes. Yeah. And so it's like, what's the flavor of the month as far as like the healthy, like desserts that I'm having. So I always like to ask, cause I've been on a protein muffin kick with the so delicious, like, um, cool whip on top. It's like ice cream. If you keep it in the freezer, but anyways, I want to dive into investing in yourself. And I think we can approach this from a few different angles, right? Coming out of prioritizing yourself every day, you're investing time into yourself, right? You're scheduling in you time, whether it's your workouts, whether it's meal planning, prepping, journaling, emotional mindset work, whatever that looks like for the individual that's out there. But I want to talk a little bit, when was kind of the aha moment for you? Um, I know for me, and I've talked about this before in the past, I finally really got my shit together when I hired a coach because Mm -hmm. that person really dove deep into the lifelong habits and some of those limiting beliefs and some of the stories that I told myself. And that was kind of the turning point for me to stop that restrict binge cycle or YOLO on the weekend because I deserved it, you know? And so I would just love to kind of hear from you. When was that kind of aha moment for you? As I know you've invested a lot into yourself and your business. Mm -hmm. So do you mean coaching from like a nutritional fitness standpoint or like nutritional fitness? Hmm. Gosh, from nutritional and fitness, I'm, I've worked with many coaches before. I'm trying to think like, who do I really feel like pushed me or when did I really feel like, you know, you probably got a lot from each of them or something from each of them. Right. I think like Becca and I were talking about that yesterday. She's had multiple coaches. I've had multiple coaches and it's kind of also shaped how we coach. Cause we learned what we didn't love or what we didn't really like. And then we w- learned what kind of made us tick. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I am going to say like the first coach that really stretched my mind would be definitely Ben because I'll never forget, you know, when I was working with him and he handed me like a 15 pound dumbbell and I was like, this is going to make me bulky. And he was like, no, <laughs> And I really had to like trust, right. And like step into that and say like, oh my gosh, like I have to, this is what I want. I know what, and he knows what I want. So I need to be open to like, you know, to, to what he's saying and what he's doing. And then I've definitely had, I mean, I have invested a lot in personal development and I think arguably sometimes those personal development coaches too, like can help, especially like if you're in, if you're kind of a fitness coach already, maybe they kind of also stretch you. Right. But I think that what happens is people think so often like, Oh, I can just do it myself. And this is what keeps people stuck because like we said earlier, when you decide on a goal, you've decided that you want to be a new person and without somebody on the outside who can look in, in a subjective way and say, this is what's going on. Here's your pattern. Here's how to fix it it can be really impossible to do that for yourself. So I think using a coach, and when I think back at like all of the coaches that I've used, whether it's health and fitness or business or mindset or whatever, I mean, had I not 
and I've invested a lot. I mean, probably as much as buying a house, like, and it's been worth every effing penny. And I would do it tenfold because like it has catapulted me to a place where I feel like if I were trying to do it on my own, it would take me like another 30 years and who knows if I would even get there. Mm -hmm. So I think the best investment that anybody can ever make is like in themselves, because, you know, it's funny and maybe this happens to you too. And I'm, I'm so respectful of, of everyone has their own timing in life, but I have people that have been following me since the beginning. And then they're contacting me now and they're like, I wish I would have done this like four years ago. And I'm like, it's okay. Don't worry. But like, you know, now you, like you see, right. Like we could be further along, no regrets or anything, but like a coach really does help kind of catapult you and help you grow at it, like an exponential rate. Yeah. I always use the rule of like, if you were going to go and learn how to play the piano, could you teach yourself? Probably. But if you hired a coach, it would probably be a far less frustrating and much quicker process because you have someone that has walked the walk, someone that is an expert in that area and can guide you along the path. And also like, especially with weight loss, because it's such an emotional thing for so many people, sometimes you need someone to talk you off the ledge. Like when most people that come to us that think after a week, all their problems are going to be solved when after a week, not much has changed, understanding like, this is why not much has changed and this is why it's okay. And even like, you know, after a month, if we aren't doing as well as we thought we would, someone that's gonna be like, this is what you're not doing well enough and this is what we need to change. Like it, having that tough love, having that accountability and having that, you know, support at the end of the day and someone in your corner when maybe you don't have a lot of people in your corner. Like it's, I've had coaches my entire life. I grew up playing sports. I played sports all through college. And then I've had nutrition coaches. I've had business coaches. I've had life coaches. Like I do not regret any of those relationships. I, like you said, I would spend it 10 times over. Like even the bad ones I've learned a lot from, like, it's just, (laughs) you learn what doesn't work. You know, you learn like (laughs) what maybe is really bad for you, but like, it's just, it's so worth it. And I think so many people undervalue having a coach in this space because they think because nutrition is so publicized, you know, there's like, there's these, what I call them like rule diets, like there's rule diets and people think that's easier because they're just told what to do. Yeah. But then you just become a pawn in your own life and you never actually learn anything, you know? Right. Right. So frustrating, but I totally feel you. I, I think, you know, investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Yeah. And what you said earlier is so true and worth repeating that like weight loss is just so emotional for most women. And when it's, when emotions are involved, it can be very difficult to make decisions from a neutral standpoint. And the, in my opinion, the only place to make decisions that are effective is from a place of neutrality versus emotion. So what a coach does is help you get neutral about things and also help you guide you in making those decisions, because I'm sure you guys see this all the time too, but everyone's weight loss pattern is different. Totally. You know, I have my clients weigh in every day so I can see the data trend and I can teach them. So if they're like, oh my God, the scale jumped up two pounds. And I'm like, well, it's because you're ovulating. And then they're like, oh yeah. Now I know when I ovulate, I gain two pounds and now it's no longer like an emotional thing. However, had they not had a coach 
and they weighed themselves and gained two pounds, they would automatically think shit was wrong and crash diet, wreak havoc on their metabolism, only to keep repeating the same cycle over and over again. So, you know, there's no shortage of information. No, there's not. But but yet 66% of the country's overweight. And then I, I believe that probably close to 90% are unhappy with their weight if they're not overweight. So where's the disconnect? The disconnect is because there's not enough good information about sustainable weight loss. And the other reason I truly believe is because if you don't believe, if you don't work on those limiting beliefs and patterns, then you will only continue to repeat them. And it's a coach's job to reflect those patterns back to you and say like, this is how we ship this shit. Like, yeah. let's do it, you know? So it's literally like the best, the best thing anyone can do that's struggling with their weight is literally to get a coach. Yeah. And ask the hard questions, right? So I think a lot of people have, you know, this idea that when they want to lose weight, what do they do? They Google, how do I lose weight? Well, there's millions of answers for that. There's a lot of rule-based diets. There's a lot of very restrictive diets. There's apps that put you at 1200 calories. Right. Um, and what we always talk about is the human nature and the human connection, because not only is it emotional, but a coach can help look at diet history. That's one of the biggest things that I always ask about. What have you been doing? How long have you been doing this for? Have you been in a severe calorie deficit? What does that depth of the deficit look like? And for how long, what is your health, right? Looking at their biofeedback. How is your gut health? Are you pooping every day? Are you sleeping? Do you have sex drive? And a lot of people just think that like hiring a coach is going to be like just doing another diet plan. And we're always very transparent with them. It's like, I'm not promising you any results because it's ultimately going to be, are you coachable and where is your body? Are we in a healthy place to be able to lose weight? You know? And it's, it's interesting too, especially as you know, our programs have continued to evolve and, you know, we don't take on every single person and it is an investment. And I just have to say, like, I think all three of us can agree that it's an investment to work with a coach and it's investment to have coaches, but the cost of staying stuck is far greater than the cost of hiring that coach. Yeah. Yeah. Something that like I've said before, you know, in a, in a loving way, as loving as it can be, I'm not, I'm not like a stickler, but <laughs> it's the truth. Like when someone decides not to invest, they might be able to keep like the money, whatever the resources, but they also keep the problem, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you can keep that, but you're also going to keep the problem that goes with it. And like, you know, when I think, and my clients tell me this all the time, I'm sure your, your guys' clients do too. Like, if you think about over the years, like I tell my clients, if you do this, you will never have to repeat another fat loss program yeah. again, because I'm teaching you, I am doing a knowledge transfer. Like you guys said, you teach your, your people, which is amazing. So like, if you think about the tens of thousands of dollars and years of feeling uh, uncomfortable spending all that mental energy on how am I feeling in my clothes? I don't want to be intimate with my significant other. I don't want to show up in pictures with my kids. Like those are costly things on top of all of the money spent on fat diets. So literally it's like the best thing that you can do is kind of take that leap of faith, find a coach that speaks to you and then just freaking dive in you know, and do it. You're going to be saving yourself years of mental anguish and tens of thousands of dollars. I guarantee Mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. 
Yep. So one of the things I want to touch on here as we're talking about this is, you know, when you talk with women and you're talking with them about the problems and the solutions, how do you kind of handle those who maybe don't have a supportive significant other or who maybe don't understand why they can't just lose weight on their own, right? Because I think as we've already talked about, losing weight is very emotional, but I also think it's way more emotional for women yeah. oftentimes than it is for men. I have definitely, you know, male clients who we work on a lot of things too, but um, sometimes this, the, in my experience, the spouse will say things like, I don't know why you need to hire a coach, or I don't know why you can't just, you know, do Weight Watchers or something. So yeah. what's kind of been your experience with that? Um, I mean, here's the thing, like your husband will never understand. He just won't because, you know, he's a man. And unfortunately, you know, in today's times and the way we've been brought up, men don't have a stigma attached to their weight and they don't grow up with all of these societal standards. And on top of that, they look at a carrot and most of them lose 10 pounds, you know, (laughs) Like it's just like not, they don't understand. And also their self-worth is not tied. Like if my husband's weight fluctuates 15 pounds, he doesn't even like, it's like whatever. Yeah. And and whereas a woman is it's different, you know? So a husband, number one, in my opinion, it's as much as they can try, they can be the most compassionate and loving person in the world, but they will never understand what it is like. So that's first and foremost. Secondly, what I, what I do in those situations is I work on empowering the client, like who, like literally, and I say this with love, like who gives what he thinks or does like, yes, we love him. Yes. You know, whatever. However, this is you and your life and your body. Are you going to take a stand for yourself? Because guess what? He's not going to do the meal prep for you. He's not going to do the um, workouts for you. What do you want? right? Like, are you going to allow someone else's decision, someone else's opinion to dictate how you show up for your goals? Like, to me, that just doesn't feel right. Like I want to empower each and every single woman to make a decision for herself, because if you don't guess what's going to happen, you're going to subconsciously end up being resentful towards him because he was the one who told you to do Weight Watchers. And then you failed it for the 10th time. And it wasn't your fault because Weight Watchers is bullshit. But, you know, it's like, (laughs) I just just, talk about it all the time. It's okay. (laughs) Um, I think our listeners know we're not fans. (laughs) Explicit. explicit. Weight Watchers and Keto, you will not ever, like, I have some mean words to say about both of them. We get fired up. They're used to it. I get fired up too. Um, yeah. So, so the main thing is like, I coach those women to become, I call it becoming stronger than your environment. That's a Joe Dispenza thing. You have to be, doesn't matter if you're going through the toughest time. I had a client who was going through COVID. She got COVID. She got laid off and she was going through crazy shit during the last couple months. She still showed up for her weight loss goals. Your environment does not dictate your actions only if you allow it to. So are you going to allow someone who tells you, no, I don't think you should do that, hun. And you're like, well, this really feels like the right thing for me. But he's like, you don't need that. Like, are you going to go with him? 
or are you going to go with your yourself and what you your truest self is telling you to do? So I think that that's just an important way. I know it sounds harsh. I don't mean it to be, but like sometimes people just need to hear it like it is. Yeah. Like I love my husband to death, but sometimes if I would have listened to certain things he said, I wouldn't have been listening to my truth. And he had my best intentions at heart, but I only know my truth and what's best for me. So I ha- I take that with, I listen, I hear it because I know it's out of love. But ultimately, like, mm-mm, this has to come first. Yeah. yeah. Your heart, your gut, you know what you need. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on that because I think, you know, so many women, if if the, the male, not only from the um, emotional side of dieting and weight loss and scale and self-esteem and all those things, they just don't understand what coaching is, right? And they don't understand that, you know this is a much larger investment than doing the Weight Watchers, but you hit the nail on the head. And we always tell people like our goal is when you're done with our coaching program, you never have to diet again. You're never buying a supplement. You're not standing in line at the checkout, like looking at the next Dr. Oz, you know, magazine, because you're confident in yourself, but you're also confident in your abilities to make the right choices because you trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that you brought that up and and the empowerment piece is super, super important. And I also just want to add to that. And um, maybe this is a a bit deeper topic, but your spouse should support you. If it's truly meaningful to you, you may have to have a conversation, but like they should support you. You're a team. You should be a team. I don't make decisions, um, you know, that are, I'm not buying a house right without my husband, but I can make a decision to work with a business coach. And I know that he supports me because I have the best interest in future for myself, or it could be a nutrition coach too, you know? Um, so I just want to tack that on there is that they should be supporting you in your goals. Yeah. And if not, then, you know, there might be something to explore there, which goes outside of my scope. (laughs) That's not our realm. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. Right. And you know, they should be, they really should be, they, you know, yes, it's scary sometimes to watch people that you love change, but ultimately like our spouses should be supportive of the decisions that we make if they feel like the right ones. Absolutely. 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 I love that. So this has been fantastic, Jamie. Thank you so much. Um, Let us, uh, if we can just wrap up here, I'd love for you to let our listeners know where they can find you, follow you, connect with you. I know you have a Facebook group too. So if you can share all that information and then of course, I will link it out in our show notes as well. Yes, of course. So feel free to follow me on Instagram. It's just Jamie Morocco. Um, I know I spell my name a little funky, but it sounds like it'll be in the show notes. And then feel free to join my free Facebook group, Weight Loss Made Easy Cupcakes Included. Um, Always like doing trainings and sharing tips and tricks in there. So feel free to join. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. This is amazing. Thanks, guys. Thank you for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to help educate you and improve your life. If you've enjoyed this, please take a screenshot, share it on Instagram and tag us at lsn.coach and leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day.